0: So when um, John Spadafore asked me to come, and he also asked me to to bring a message with me, and I said, sure, that would be great. And he he asked me to bring a message on being a minister and a priest in our everyday. I thought, okay, I I think that will work. And then uh, I liked the idea of it being something that, being a priest is not something that is, is reserved for a certain few but as believers we are all made priests yeah I, I get that and then I started looking into it and I started digging and the hole got deeper and deeper and deeper and this thread that went through scripture went from all the way from the very first pages to the very last pages of scripture Then um, it felt like an ocean the, the web, width and breadth of this topic it was enormous so if you're listening, John. Thanks. <laughs> um, but though it was overwhelming, this topic, um, it's such a rich theme in Scripture. And there's so many hyperlinks and threads woven through skillfully in Scripture showing um, how this is meaningful, not just then, but it can be very meaningful for us in our lives today. And for me, it was an opportunity to learn and to just taste a little bit a little bit more a little bit more of this deep very cool topic so thank you John Um, unfortunately I can't unpack everything that I went through with you otherwise you would have me here every Sunday for the next several months Um, but I'll give you a taste of what I've learned and I think it's really applicable to where we are Um, first I'm gonna well First, for some of us, I don't know, um, for many of you, you might be very comfortable with the term priest and that the Bible calls you a priest. For some others of us, it's kind of a little bit weird. We have a picture in our minds what we think of when we think of a priest. Um, some of us don't really know what that means at all. So what we're gonna do is gonna go through really quickly um, through a review of what the, a priest is biblically and what it means, and some examples of that, and how to recognize a priest, and then um, it'll bring us to a common understanding, so we can jump off and go into what it means for us to be a priest, and finishing by how that plays out in our our lives. Um, So for this type of a study, it's such a repeated theme through scripture that I don't have one scripture for you to open your Bibles to, and we're going to stay there um, because of the type of... that John gave me Um, but if you have a pen and want to just jot down references as we blow by them and look them up later it will be worth it to study this Um, there's a lot of really good depth here and exciting things so I'll be mentioning a whole lot of things and reading a few Um, so what are we talking about when we talk about priests we're not talking about an unmarried religious professional in a specific faith group that is that we can put off to the side right now. That's not who we're talking about. Um, it's not a group with a special knowledge. It doesn't have to do with having a degree, a spiritual club, or any exclusive group um, that you do something to become. Um, really, it's, that's not what we're talking about. Um, we're talking about um, a priest, and if, if I can boil it down to it, what I, I found Um, was that there's kind of four things that can say what a priest is. Um, So the first one, a priest has access to God. Um, Think about the temple or the tabernacle. It was the high priest that went in into the middle of the temple in the presence of God. So a priest has access to God. That's one of the the key things about being a priest. Um, Second thing, a priest offers sacrifices to God, okay? We'll talk a lot more about that later. Um, A priest also represents the people to God. A priest kind of stands in the middle and and is a representative to God for the people. Um, You think about it in the Old Testament of bringing those sacrifices for the people. And a priest also represents God to the people. Um, So there's these four things. Has access to God, um, offers sacrifices to God, represents the people to god and represents god to the people so um i, I almost skipped a whole page of notes um, so that's a place to start a lens if you will of looking through this um, so let's look at just some examples of priests in the bible and this was actually a little bit surprising to me too as i went through it first we often think of the sons of aaron so when Israel was just starting, they left Egypt, they went to Mount Sinai, Moses was leading them, his brother Aaron was with him, and Aaron and the sons of Aaron were selected as the priests. They were the ones that were supposed to be the the priests um, for Israel. And so that's the the first group. If you wanna learn about that, read Exodus 18 to 30, and then you can just keep reading and reading because there's a lot about this group. they were commissioned at Mount Sinai and when, when the law was given, but it almost seemed doomed from the very beginning. At the commissioning service for the priests, two of Aaron's sons broke the, broke the rules right away that they had been given, and God actually struck them dead. Um, and so there was something right, right from the beginning. It was a great way to start. Um, there was problems with this priesthood. Um, And as we go through the rest of scripture, I'm sure that there were were some that were were good priests that were representing God to the people and the people to God. But if you read, it seems so often there's failures mentioned more than successes among the priesthood of Israel. Um, Just open up in the Old Testament, and you don't have to go too many pages one direction or the other before you find that. so it's, it's sad, it's sad. They really, um, in a sense, it was messed up. But they were not the only priests that were mentioned in Scripture. Um, Moses himself was referred to as a priest. I didn't know that. But Psalm 99, it talks about Moses um, also being a priest. And if you think, yeah, he represented the people to God, and he represented God to the people. He offered sacrifices, and he had access to God, um, maybe more than any other priest in, in the Bible. Um, Also, God initially had said in Exodus 19.6 that he wanted not just the sons of Aaron, he wanted the whole um, nation of Israel to be a kingdom of priests for him, representing him to the world, um, if they would obey him. He said that he wanted them all to be priests, a kingdom of priests, if they would obey him. Unfortunately, we saw that if we read the Old Testament, that there were a lot of problems in obeying the law that God gave them. And so they failed at at this task, Um, which isn't surprising knowing our our own hearts and our own tendency towards failure. Um, There are also others who are priests that weren't even Israelites, Um, but they are referred to as priests of Yahweh. Um, Many of us know about this mysterious priest called Melchizedek. Um, You can look that up in Genesis. Um, who was a priest that offered sacrifices to God and blessed Abraham. And then you also can read that, about that in Hebrews. Um, it was a very interesting story there related to Melchizedek. But then also Jethro was not an Israelite. He was um, a Canaanite uh, uh, living in Midian, and he was a priest of the Most High God. Um, then there were others that if you look at what they did, They were functioning as priests, even if they weren't necessarily called priests. Abraham acted like a priest um, in many ways, as did Adam and Noah before him, uh, or Noah after him, (laughs) sorry. Noah was not before Adam, sorry, I'm not teaching them. Um, But then also, there's this kind of strange segment where David acted like a priest in unexpected ways. Um, given the regulations for priests, that was very surprising, and you would have thought that there would have been a problem with that. Um, but he was allowed to act as a priest in, some, in a couple of stories. Um, I didn't write that reference down. No. You're going to have to search for that one. It won't be too hard to find it. I think it was in 1 Samuel or the beginning of 2 Samuel. But all of these priests ultimately were imperfect people and did an imperfect job Um, on that list of of having access to God, um, offering sacrifices, representing the people to God and God to the people. Um, They were imperfect. Um, There was always a problem and all of them eventually failed in one way or another until, um, until all of this pointed beautifully to a priest who is finally able to perfectly function as the ultimate priest. And we know who that is, right? Jesus. Um, Jesus um, not only had access to God, obviously, um, through his perfect sacrifice, access to God was opened up for, for the rest of us. It, it was through his sacrifice that that access to God was opened for all who would come to him. Um, also, he perfectly represented God to the nations, and he also perfectly stood in as a representative for people for God. Um, and so there was, he was the ultimate, the perfect priest. Um, and it was after this that we are told that through Jesus, we as his followers are also made a kingdom of priests. Um, just like God had said, if you remember back in Exodus 19, had said of Israel, that he wanted to make Israel a kingdom of priests. Um, So it's a quick nutshell of what a priest is and some examples of priests. But there's one one more thing that I wanted to jump back and and focus on. What is it that makes a priest recognizable today? What is it that you would think of when you think priest? How would you recognize them? Often it has to do with wearing dark clothes and a collar or or flowing robes in, in more orthodox traditions that immediately you see that and you know that it's a priest. It's very recognizable. Um, So if you go back to Israelite priests also were very recognizable. Um, They were recognizable through specific clothing that only they were allowed to wear. Um, They were dressed in brilliant white um, clothing with blue and gold and jewels. They had a, a golden crown on their head that that proclaimed them holy to the Lord. They were set apart for a specific task, holy to the Lord. Um, But actually, it wasn't just how they looked. Did you know the other way that you could tell a priest? It was how they smelled. Um, There was a certain perfume that was only allowed to be used for the priests. Um, If you wanna look that up, it was in Exodus 28, I believe but it gives the recipe for the perfume that was only allowed to be used for the priests and for the things in the temple. Um, So it was how they smelled and how they looked. You could see that they were priests set apart to be serving God. So there you have it, a quick overview of the work of priests and who they were, how to recognize them by sight and smell. Um, And since Jesus, since the, the, the scriptures tell us that we are priests, um, and we'll get to that reference soon that's in a couple different places in Revelation, two or three times it talks about us as priests of God in um, first Peter. It talks about that and we'll get to those in a little bit. But as we, we're um, also described as, as priests, what does that mean for us? What does it look like for us to be to be priests? Um, so We have the four things, right? Do we have access to God? Ephesians 2.18, through him, Christ, we have direct access to the Father. And Ephesians 3.12, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. We have this because of that perfect priest, Jesus himself, that opened that access to God. So we we have that direct access to God. Um, Check. Um, Second, Offer sacrifices to God. Okay, maybe this is a problem. But maybe not. Um, we no longer need to a- offer sacrifices for sin because Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, put an end to that forever. You can read that in Hebrews. Um, but our lives, uh, are, sorry, uh, Romans 12.1 does say that we are to- supposed to offer sacrifices. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Um, we do. We do offer our lives in whatever we're doing as a sacrifice. In Hebrews 13, 13, 15, it says to offer the sacrifice of praise. Um, praise is a sacrifice. And what it um, says that more specifically, that, that praise is lips that openly profess his name. Um, so when we openly profess Jesus's name, when we talk about him, when we lift him up with our words, that is the sacrifice of praise. So we, we are offering sacrifices. It continues in verse 16 that acts of doing good and sharing with others are a sacrifice acceptable to God. Um, Paul commends the Philippians in um, chapter four for their gifts to him, or which were sacrifices acceptable to God. So do we offer sacrifices? Check. We, we have access to God. We offer sacrifices. Um, third, we represent people to God. First um, Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, um, it instru- uh, Paul instructs that petition, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Um, what is prayer and petition and intercession for others and thanksgiving for others? What is that other than representing them to God and asking for mercy on their behalf? We have also that role of being a representative um, to God for the people around us. Um, that's an important role as a priest that we can that we must do. So represent people to God, check. Um, then fourth, represent God to the people. So this, this includes a priest would instruct people about God, they would teach. Um, and Often, this is where most Christians expect the professional Christians to do the work. Um, It's not necessarily how it should work. Yes, we can learn from professional Christians, pastors and and teachers and professors in universities. We can can learn from them. Um, But shouldn't we all be in discipling relationships with other believers, both teaching and learning together, um, aren't we instructed to encourage one another um, in the word um, there are other ways that we can represent us oh, yeah so there are definitely these ways that we can be instructing but there's also other ways that we can represent God to people and that has to do with our appearance um, how do we look how do we smell first um, Corinthians two fifteen and 16 talks about the aroma of Christ Do we need a little bit more Christ perfume on us as we walk around? Um, Can people smell Christ to us? That's one way that we can represent people to Christ. Um, I'm not going to spend time on that. Um, You can find your own Christ perfume and look in scripture for that. Um, But what about the rest of our appearance, what clothes we're supposed to wear as a priest? Um, Galatians 3.27 tells us that we, who have been baptized into Christ, have clothed ourselves with Christ. We have been given clothes from Christ to put on as, as those that are followers of Jesus. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, it tells us that since we, um, since we are God's chosen people, this kingdom of priests, we are to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness. Humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, uh, bearing with others, love, peace, and thankfulness. That's that's one, Colossians 3.12 is one that um, we really need to pay attention to. It's beautiful if you think, if this was true in my life, would other people see me? with clothes that, that shine brilliantly and say, this person is holy to the Lord. Um, and it's not just for the professionals. It, it says later in that passage, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. There's no limitation on that whatever you do. Everything in our lives, as we go about our daily lives, being a minister and a priest in our everyday um whatever we do. So I have a story. My friend, Mohammed, um, he was stuck in Greece for about two years in a refugee camp before I met him in Germany. Um, and he told me this story actually when we were on, a, I, I was going with him to a medical appointment so that I could translate for him. And the medical appointment was in Düsseldorf, which is about um, two, uh, uh, an hour by train. Um, away from Cologne, if you count all of the getting into the main train station and then all the way to the hospital. So we had a good amount of time to talk and as we were talking he was telling me about his time in in Greece and he told this story um, that while he was there he was hanging out mainly with other Afghan men um, and they warned him of interacting with certain volunteers that were offering help and support for the refugees. He said that they would would call them these infidel Christians. They were evil people, they just bad. Bad things will come from hanging out with them. Just stay away from them. Don't go to their events. Don't do things with them. They will corrupt you, and you also will become an infidel. My friend, Muhammad, however, decided that he wasn't going to listen, and he did interact with these volunteer workers, and attended some events, and after observing them for some time, he responded to his friends that had warned him. He, he said, when I see them, these, these people, the, the compassion, the love that they have, their humility, kindness that they have in helping us, and then I compare it to others who only care about themselves, even other Muslims, our brothers who should be helping us, but they're only trying to take advantage of us. I wonder, I think maybe it would be better if I did become an infidel. he He saw what people were doing in Jesus' name. And even though his whole culture told him that to be like them was would be to be turning his back on God, he realized that that wasn't the truth, that there was something to this, because they were clothed with shining, beautiful priestly clothing they didn't know it necessarily they were just going about their lives volunteering and doing help in this place so i'd like to read a passage and if you want to turn to this one it's in first peter 2 4 and 5 and then 9 to 12 um because i think this is important for us as we realize okay we are priests we meet those four criteria um As I read it, think through how those criteria work um, in this passage and then in in our own lives. So in 1 Peter it says, uh, verse 4, As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, a temple, access to God, Um, a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verses 6 to 8 talk more about Christ as that chief cornerstone. But then it says in in verse 9, but you, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the nations that, Though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. I'm gonna tell another story that this is just an incredible blessing of God that I was able to see that last verse, um, a picture of that. So this is about Dr. F. I'm not gonna say his whole name, but Dr. F was my nemesis. So this is when we lived in Central Asia. Um, he worked for the National Security Office of the Central Asian country where we worked. Um, and his role officially, what he said, described his role was, was as security officer. That was to inform us of security threats um, that may affect our projects that we were doing and to help if we were um, affected by a security incident, uh, some, some type of a problem. Um, so that, that was his stated role to us. Um, he took his personal assignment I don't know maybe it was not just personal maybe it was probably likely it was also from the national security office um, coming through him Um, but as his personal assignment to find dirt on us if he could to intimidate our local staff he was trying to get them to say that our development projects um, were just fronts for either converting local people or they were corrupt and they were for personal gain or for for ourselves. Um, And he kept pushing and he was really, really aggressively pushing our local staff. Um, We weren't doing that, they weren't doing that. Um, We were doing community development projects ranging from micro loan programs to um, to, to help people save money and have, have something where they could help their own community. It was really, really beneficial programs to education courses about pregnancy and childbirth, as well as other projects. Um, and we, both the expat and local staff, were doing our best to do these programs and provide the best benefit we could for the people we were serving. Um, nobody's perfect, but we were trying our best. And, and it was working. At that time, it was working really well. But Dr. F persisted. Um, I got so angry at him, um, but in our interactions, I did my best to um, be respectful um, and, and um, give him the, the honor that was required by his position in the government. But at the same time, I felt a strong desire to protect our local staff that he was really giving a hard time to, as well as threatening us to some extent, but there wasn't as much he could do for us. Um, And so there were so many conversations back and forth. So you have to know about Central Asian culture, that there's not across all of communication, but in some parts of communication, there's this way of communicating, where it's very pleasant, we're smiling at each other, Um, We're saying polite words, and and we're going back and forth on on a very nice, convivial conversation. But through that conversation, I am communicating things that are underneath, and he's communicating things that are underneath. And there's this whole deep level of communication going through and happening while we're smiling and chatting with each other. And I was doing my best to to show him that we were aware of these threats he was making and it was not right and we were doing our best to prevent it. And he was doing his best to communicate at the same time through the smiles that we were sharing back and forth that he was going to keep pushing and that he didn't trust us. Um, And that went on for months. It was hard. Um, But... Eventually, um, there was an incident that happened. It it was an incident that happened in our microloan project. There was someone in the community um, who was a relative of a warlord who had directly threatened our staff. And we took it seriously. And because it was a security issue, unfortunately, Dr. F had to be involved. And it ended up being, there was a community meeting with the community leaders in this area. Um, And Dr. F was sitting there. And it went back and forth, and back and forth. And we're trying to get to the bottom of what this threat was, what we had to do about it, and what the community needed to do to help us deal with this threat to our staff member. And it was was a tough meeting, and it was going back and forth. But there was this one person that had connections to the person who had threatened our staff member, who just would not give in. They would not believe that we would do what we said we were going to do about this issue. Or they didn't believe that what we had said we had done, we had actually done, and it was going back and forth. And finally, an exa- so this story is going on back long, long, long. Finally, in frustration, Dr. Freed stood up and he said, Okay, I have been watching these people for a long time. I know what they say, and I know what they do. And what they're saying is true. Everything that they're doing is to help our people. If they say that they've done something, it's done. And if they say they will do something, it will be done. You can trust them. That's all that needs to be said about this. When I finally picked my jaw up off the floor, uh, it was something that I had not expected at all. This was the opposite of what I had expected. Um, But in this work that we were doing, he was watching. He he was trying to undermine but he was watching Um, and he he saw the good works that we were doing and in a sense in that defending us he was bringing praise to the the one that we were doing this work for. Um, So it's just a blessing to be able to see that that one instance in my life and I'm sure that there are many instances in all of our lives where people are watching us. and paying attention to what we do and if we're wearing those clothes that jesus gave us um, they'll see that let's go back just for a moment to that list of priests earlier Um, we talked about how they failed so often Um, the two sons of aaron that messed up the very first day eli and his sons in the book of samuel all the way through um, the old testament and But to tell the truth, we probably wouldn't do much better on our own as priests, which is why we have the clothing that we have. It isn't something we manufacture on our own. Um, In Zechariah chapter 3, there's this beautiful picture. Zechariah is a crazy book. It's trippy. It's visions. It's hard to understand. It's crazy. Great reading. but in chapter three, there's this vision that he has. And there's this high priest, a picture of this high priest named Joshua that's standing before the angel of the Lord. And he, he, he's wearing filthy clothing. And then the angel of the Lord has the filthy clothing removed and has him clothed in bright, gleaming, new priestly clothing with a new turban on his head, and, and a new crown on his head, dressed beautifully in these clean, new priestly clothes. And he is told that his sins are removed, and he is recommissioned to continue on his priestly task. There's an awful lot in that story. There's symbolism. There's um, prophecy. Um, but I think there is this one point that we can take away from it, that we, like Joshua, Sometimes our clothing is dirty, and we need to be recommissioned to our work. We need Jesus to come with new clothes of compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and forgiveness. And we don't make these clothes ourselves, but if we allow ourselves to be clothed with the clothes that he gives us, um, then we will be recognized as priests, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our communities, in our everyday lives, we can function as a priest and a minister by wearing these clothes and desiring, earnestly desiring that those, these clothes from the one whom they, from whom they come. And that will end up bringing praise to God, which is our, our duty as priests. Father God, thank you that we can't do this job as priests on our own, but yet you made us priests. We don't have a choice, and you've given us new clothing. I pray that we will wear this clothing, wear this clothing of humility and patience, kindness, gentleness, love, peace, forgiveness. Um, I pray that we will shine and that we will be able to be seen in our everyday lives um, as priests that um, carry out what you do, and that through random conversations, um, through random things that we do that we think is just normal, that you will be seen through us and that we will be representing you well um, wherever we go. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Oh, and one more thing. You guys all look really good and you smell good too.